Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. Have you ever had the experience of giving yourself fully to the Lord or renewing your consecration to Him, only to have that act of devotion followed by the most difficult outward experiences imaginable? To our natural mind, this makes no sense. If we give ourselves so completely to follow Him, we would think that He would then take care of all our outward problems. But in the spiritual realm, often, the more genuinely we offer ourselves to Christ, the more difficult our outward situation becomes. Why this apparent irony? Well, we'll find out today. Please don't miss this Life Study program. And Francis Ball has joined us as we come once again to consider the pathway to glory from the Gospel of Matthew. Welcome back to the program, Francis. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to this pathway we're on. Francis, after the Lord Jesus unveiled the mysteries of the kingdom in the parables of Matthew 13, he step-by-step began to show the disciples this pathway to glory. And this pathway, as we've seen, has been full of rejection. It's, uh, they experienced then the shortage of material supply. And now today, as we're going to see, a very stormy, even threatening outward condition awaited the disciples. Is this pathway to glory always prone to such difficulties? I shouldn't say always, but I certainly can't say that it's not most of the time. The pathway to glory, of course, is uh, different from our natural attainments, our natural ability, our natural uh, successes. So we do meet a lot of obstacles along the way to reduce our natural ability and cause us to depend on the Lord. So he puts us in a lot of situations that will help us to find out how helpless we are or find out how much we need to depend on him. So I I would say that always there are some difficulties, some rejections, some persecutions that are necessary for our growth in life and for us to experience the Lord in a full way. We have to remember this. We do have an enemy. There is an enemy to our progress, and he does everything to try to give us the confidence that we can do it without the Lord. Or he gives us the disappointment that there's nothing works anyhow. But praise the Lord, there is a plan God has and there's a way God has of dealing with us to cause us to go through these kind of rejections, persecutions, difficulties, stormy things, and still causes us to rely on him, to call on his name, to trust in him, 
and move on in this pathway. Well, in our introduction today, uh, I posed somewhat a rhetorical question to all the listeners. Uh, but in practicality, oftentimes it seems that after we have really had a, a thorough dealing, a genuine presenting of ourselves to the Lord, that's when the circumstances often deteriorate uh, beyond our wildest dreams. Uh, but I think it's important for our listeners to know, because many of them are probably nodding just now as you were, this is not abnormal, is it? This is quite, quite the contrary. That's right. It is quite the contrary, because this is different than just uh, a natural career that we got into to be successful. When we give ourselves to the Lord, immediately there's an enemy reaction that wants to frustrate our consecration. Well, the disciples now are going to get some of this experience firsthand, and we come to verse 22 in chapter 14, and it says, And immediately he compelled the disciples to step into the boat and to go before him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. And after he sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain privately to pray. And when night fell, he was there alone. That's the story. The disciples are in a boat on a stormy sea, and the Lord is in the mountain praying. This is uh, full of a lot of symbolism, as we'll see. Let's join Witness Lee. The disciples participated in the enjoyment of the Lord's supply. That was good. The want in necessities eventually issued in a very good experience. They were happy. After that, the Lord Jesus compelled the disciples to leave by a boat. Yet he himself was not going with them. He went to the mountain. This record is a very vivid portrait of today's situation. Today, the Lord went away to the mountain, to the heavens, and then he charged his church to go on, not in a highway, but to go on on the sea where it is so easy to have some contrary wind, to have some storm. Today, where the Lord Jesus is, he is in the mountain. And where are we, the church? On the sea. Day by day, contrary wind comes. He's there, we know, but Romans 8, 34, Hebrews 7, 25, he's there praying for us. So, this is very comforting, very encouraging. Well, Francis, once again, we are seeing a simple account of a seemingly simple story from the book of Matthew, but we're seeing it full of rich symbolism and meaning. What's being denoted here, Francis, by this story of the Lord sending the disciples out in the boat on a storm-tossed sea while he left to go and be on the mountain and pray? Well, this is certainly not just a story, but I'm amazed not only with this one, but with so many of the things we've had in Matthew. Because here now, he's told them after feeding them mm -hmm. and uh, sending them on their way in a happy condition, yet he told them, to go to a sea that he knew would be stormy, but he himself didn't go with them. He went up on the mountain. So this, this really means 
that Christ is now in the heavenly mountain. He's there interceding for us. And I believe Brother Lee even pointed out a couple of verses that guarantee this in Romans chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 7. Both of these refer to the fact that he's there praying for us, right. interceding for us. So we don't really have anything to worry about the storm. The storms come, but we don't need to be worried about the storms. It's under not under the control of any kind of opposers, but all these storms are under the feet of the Lord Jesus. So we can be content to rest in him, trusting him for our day-by-day going on this pathway to glory with Whatever storm, whatever opposition, whatever rejection we might suffer, he is the one that's on the mountain praying for us, and he's the one that we are uh, depending on while we're in this stormy sea. Yeah, I was uh, touched also the analogy or the connection between um, the Lord Jesus stepping into the boat in order to speak to the people on the shore, and there the boat floating on the sea uh, clearly represents the church floating on the uh, sea of the worldly situation. And uh, then for him to put the disciples in the boat while he goes to the mountain to pray, of course, uh, uh, that's really our situation today. We're here in the boat, floating on the worldly situation. He is in the heavens where he is uh, always interceding for us while we're in the church age down here. uh, But really, uh, he's never that far separate from us, is he, in our situation? That's really the case. He knows exactly where we are and what we're going through. And uh, this church boat that we're in is safely under his watchful eye and underneath his praying uh, intercession. Hmm. Well, Francis, let's continue on and look at these verses before we join Witness Lee for the uh, second section today. Verse 24, Now the boat was already in the midst of the sea, being battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And I think what followed, of course, is a well-known event. Uh, But again, the symbolism that's behind this literal story is what really should occupy our focus today. Let's go back once again to Witness Lee. So without the waves, without such a sea, how could Peter learn the lesson? The sea, the waves, and the wind all work together for the good of Peter. All of a sudden, the one who was on the mountain came. He came, in a way, walking on the waves. He just walked on the waves. But the disciples, they didn't realize what was that. They were troubled. Then the word came. It is I. It is I. Oh, Peter jumped out of the boat. Peter walked on the waves. That was a miracle. Peter walked on the waves by faith. You know, what is faith? Faith is the action upon the word of the Lord. If you just act, Upon the word of the Lord, that is faith. Faith doesn't mean that you can uh, make up your strong mind to a certain direction. Faith simply means you may be a very, very weak person, yet you dare to take some action upon the word of the Lord. And this is faith. 
faith stands upon the word of God. Now we must see what? On the way following the Lord. Storms will always come. We shouldn't be bothered by the storms because we know where we are. We are in the boat. And the boat is his church. We shouldn't be bothered by anything. Even you don't see him right now. You don't feel that he's here. But you need to be assured he's there on the mountain, interceding for us. And maybe he's on the way, coming to us. You shouldn't be bothered. Sometimes you can receive a word from him to walk on the storm. Francis, I dearly love his word about what faith is in this section. I think he said something like, You may be a very weak person, but you dare to take some action on the word of the Lord. Francis, we have quite a different view of faith most of the time, don't we? We really do. I'm afraid that so many think that faith means that you can do some mighty work. You just don't have enough faith or you would be healed. But actually, faith is simply the reaction or the action that we take in response to the word of the Lord. And that is made so clear in this little uh, story here. All the Lord Jesus said to him was, come. Peter said, if it's you, Lord, then bid me come to you. And the Lord said, come. Peter really is something. He (laughs) stepped out of the boat and walked on the waves. (laughs) And he did very good. Yeah. When he was just depending on the Lord's word. But when he looked and saw the situation, he became frightened and he began to sink. Then he said, Lord, save me. I don't know how many times, Chris, I've had this experience, uh, maybe taking some action based on something that I'm sure the Lord said to me. But the minute I look at the circumstances around me and they're not favorable, then I begin to sink. And how many times I've had to say, Lord, save me. Come quickly, save me. (laughs) I know that he's there on the mountain praying for me. But right now, I'm seeing him walking on the waves And I'm out there in in the midst of this, sinking. So I'm crying out, Lord, save me. But to answer the question about uh, the matter of faith, I think this was really a choice. Because faith is our action upon the Word of God. It's not some kind of magical work that we can carry out because we believe we can do it. But it's because God gives the Word, we take the Word. And Peter really proved this. And we have a lot of cases in our history of people that are willing to take action just based on the Word of God. Francis, we covered the disciples being asked by the Lord to feed the thousands that had assembled with him in the desert, and of course all they had were the handful of loaves and fishes and full of trepidation and worry. This would never be enough, never be enough. And of course his word was, just offer me what you have, and that became enough. A very simple act of faith on the part of the weak ones, but yet look at what came out. Right. Marvelous. How how often we uh, have to learn this lesson, Francis, as you said. I was recalling myself uh, going through the same thing time and time again with the Lord. But he's faithful. He keeps bringing us back to the same experience in different circumstances. But nonetheless, it's the same experience. Eventually, this will become our day-by-day living reality, I think. I believe so. Well, Francis, there's a wonderful verse that follows this account of the Lord walking on the water. And this is verse 36. 
And they begged him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment, and as many as touched were completely healed. Of course, this is after they arrived on the other side of the sea, and the crowds once again assembled, uh, and the touch of his garment was always sufficient for their healing. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Hallelujah. Jesus came. The storm ceased, and the boat reached the destination. Now, eventually, what happened? Eventually, the healing power went out from the fringes of the garment of the heavenly king. It is quite meaningful. According to Numbers 15, the fringes of the garment signifies the very virtue of God's people working according to God's regulations. Regulated under God's heavenly rule. Jesus, while he was a man on this earth, he walked in this way. His daily work was regulated by God's heavenly commandments. So, there is a virtue that goes out to heal others. You know, in the church life, the healing after such an experience on the sea with the contrary wind, the Lord Jesus came in to be present there. And this presence in the church prepares the way for the virtue of the Lord's daily life to go out to reach the sick people, to heal the sickness of the people. This healing is different from the so-called miracles just by power in a divine way. The garment of Jesus altogether signifies his humanity. His kind of humanity was under the heavenly rule. So there is a virtue, and that virtue is the power to heal the sick. And this virtue of Jesus could only be manifested, expressed, or going out through the proper church life where Jesus can be present. Then the very virtue of Jesus' humanity could be manifested, expressed to reach the sick ones. Well, Francis, the divine record is always careful and full of meaning. After reaching the other side of the sea, many experienced the healing power of the Lord Jesus, but not in the way of a great miraculous event. They simply got close enough to touch the fringe of his garment. This is full of meaning, Francis. As uh, he pointed out, the fringe represents the virtues in his humanity. What does this have to do with his healing power? Well, we usually think of healing power being something very miraculous, but uh, the miracles we've already covered, Peter walking on the water. Now, after this time, and they get to the land, they have a different story altogether, as you pointed out. And the Lord's garment here, which they touched, signifies Christ's righteous deeds. And the fringe of that garment 
which they wanted to touch and did touch, and by which they were healed, are really an indication of the heavenly ruling under which Christ walked on the earth. So it has a lot to do with his human virtues, with his human uh, living. The Lord's healing in the church takes place in such a way as it's different from what we usually think of as a miraculous healing outside. But there's something very marvelous about this healing in that it has to do with the virtues of the human life and not some kind of a breathing on somebody or touching somebody to make them fall under that power. But just by contact with those who are under the heavenly ruling of the divine life, a certain kind of healing takes place. This kind of garment that we talked about here signifies the righteous deeds of Christ's humanity. This kind of virtue can be expressed only through the proper church life where Jesus is present. So this way we can see a lot of uh, typology here has been brought out in this message today. But I really like this point about the healing that was experienced by those sick ones when he reached the other side and just was there, available to them if they touch him. And under the heavenly ruling, there was this kind of healing power. Francis, I wonder in eternity how many stories there will be of all of the inward sicknesses that have been healed just by touching this humanity of our dear Lord Jesus. Amen. We've all experienced that, haven't we, many times. Whether we've ever been healed miraculously of an outward physical sickness, we all know what this healing touch really is all about. That's right. And sometimes that comes about quite unknowing that this is what healed us. But I think we'll need eternity to give all the stories. Francis, we have about a minute and a half left today, and uh, something I haven't done for a long time, and I feel like particularly I think with this, with this message, this is appropriate. I'd like to read a letter, uh, a very short letter from a listener that we recently received, quite touching. It says, Shalom, Living Stream Ministry. I'm a born-again Christian incarcerated on death row. I've been incarcerated since 1987. I'm a serious Bible student. I study Hebrew and Greek and read many reference books related to the Bible. I listen to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee several days a week on WROS in Jacksonville. I attended appeal hearings in Tampa six times in the past three years, and I stayed in the county jail there for a few days each time. While in Tampa, I listened to your wonderful daily program on WTIS in Tampa. Even though there are many Bible programs available on several AM and FM stations here, I actually only listen to a few regular programs, and yours is by far the most inspirational and informative. I would tremendously appreciate it if you would send me a used or damaged copy of your New Testament study Bible with 9,000 words of commentary. I will certainly put it to good usage. I cannot send you money at this time for this desired Bible. Thank you very much. This letter meant a lot to us here, I think, as you can realize. I believe it's a fitting way to conclude our program today. Here's a person who, uh, in his stormy sea, has really experienced something of the Lord Jesus that this ministry has had a little part in help to bring to him. Um, These kind of stories, of course, are uh, monuments along the way for us, but uh, each day we know our listeners are having their own experiences 
We feel very privileged to be able to bring this kind of ministry to you, and we hope that you're experiencing the Lord Jesus just as this dear brother in the Lord is in his situation. We'd love to hear your story as well, and also to talk with you about material and resources that we make available. Please contact us. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. You can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send your email to us to radio at lsm.org. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.